I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode three of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to discuss the snoops over at the NSA. The only federal agency sleazier than the NSA is the TSA, because those guys essentially sexually assault people as a condition of air travel. Then again, as awful and humiliating as any interaction with the TSA can be, you can still kind of avoid it. As some TSA apologists suggest, you don't have to fly. Although that's not a guarantee anymore. The rubber-gloved TSA goons often turn up at train stations, bus depots, and professional sporting events. Sometimes they even pop up on the interstate highway system. But still, you can at least theoretically avoid the TSA if you sequester yourself inside your house. On the other hand, the federal snoops at the NSA come right into your home via your internet connection and your cell phone. Over the last two years, Edward Snowden and other whistleblowers have revealed the truly draconian nature of the NSA. It is barely hyperbole to suggest that the surveillance agency spies on virtually everybody in the world, including millions of Americans. The NSA collects our email, phone records, location information, internet browsing history, and other electronic data, all without a warrant and with very little oversight. And they lie about it. Documents released by Snowden have exposed multiple, shall we say, untruths told by high-level NSA officials. We've learned that the agency shares illegally collected data with state and local law enforcement, most of it relating to normal criminal investigations, not terrorism. Then the feds encourage state and local cops to create parallel investigations to hide the nature of the unconstitutionally gathered information. Former NSA Technical Chief William Binney called this the greatest threat to America since the Civil War. At this point, anybody who defends the NSA has to be either woefully ignorant or seriously delusional. Of course, you always have the people that say things like, If you don't have anything to hide, you don't have anything to worry about. I like to challenge these people and ask them to hand me over all of their email and social media passwords so I can snoop through their stuff and publish anything I find interesting. Strangely, none of these people, so willing to allow a bunch of federal bureaucrats to run roughshod over my privacy, have ever been willing to give theirs up to me. I don't understand why not. I mean, if they have nothing to hide. 
Then there are the people who say that it's okay because the NSA won't actually read or listen to the content of my electronic communications unless I fall under suspicion. Then the spies will get a warrant. In fact, this is essentially the NSA's legal position. The agency actually claims it never collects data on Americans without getting a warrant as required by the Fourth Amendment. How do their people actually say this with a straight face in light of all of the evidence to the contrary? I mean, we have documents proving that they don't get warrants. Well, the spy agency created its own definition of collect, claiming that collection of data only happens when somebody physically reads it or listens to it. In other words, the NSA claims it can legally collect all the data it wants, but it's not really collected until somebody looks at it or listens to it. You can't make this stuff up. And of course, the fine, upstanding folks over at the NSA promise they will never do any collecting without proper legal authority. That, of course, is a demonstrable lie. And yet, I run into people all the time who try to tell me that NSA spying really isn't that big of a deal. I guess people don't really comprehend just how invasive NSA snooping really is. Maybe it's because we're talking about intangible things like electronic information, and we have a hard time conceptualizing it as stuff. I think this analogy might help. Imagine you get home from work one day, and there's a guy in a suit in your office going through all of your filing cabinets. He says he's with the FBI. He's got this little handheld scanner, and he's copying all of your documents. Whoa, you say. Where's your warrant? He smugly tells you that it's okay. He doesn't need one. He's not reading your documents. He's just making copies to store at headquarters, you know, collecting them. Nobody will ever read them. Unless, of course, you become a suspect. Then he claims he'll get a court order from a top-secret tribunal before he reads a single word. Now, in what world is this okay? Who in their right mind could read the plain words of the Fourth Amendment and then say, eh, they aren't searching or seizing here. No worries. And yet millions of Americans simply shrug their shoulders as the NSA plays out this exact scenario with their emails, phone calls, and internet activities every single day. I think part of the problem is that most Americans really think they don't have anything to hide. I'm using air quotes here. And they don't realize just how much information their electronic communications reveal about them and the potential danger given the current climate in America. Journalist Glenn Greenwald did a talk recently and points out that, quote, we all have something to hide, unquote. Consider the fact that with literally millions of laws and regulations on the books, most people break some law every single day and don't even know it. So, you know, maybe you do have something to hide and you don't even realize it. And people tend to think that anybody wanting to hide something must be doing something bad, air quotes again. But they fail to understand that the real danger lies in who defines bad. As Greenwall points out, quote, when you say somebody who's doing bad things, you probably mean things like plotting a terrorist attack or engaging in violent criminality, a much narrower conception of what people who wield power mean when they say doing bad things. For them, doing bad things typically means doing something that poses meaningful challenges to the exercise of their own power. 
The truth is, when the government spies on us, it inevitably changes our behavior. That's Greenwald's point. Surveillance is a tool to keep people from challenging authority. And that can quickly become problematic as our so-called leaders accumulate more and more power. As history has demonstrated time and again, that path can quickly lead to an Orwellian dystopia. Quoting Greenwald again, When we're in a state where we can be monitored, where we can be watched, our behavior changes dramatically. The range of behavioral options that we consider when we think we're being watched are severely reduced. When somebody knows that they might be watched, the behavior they engage in is vastly more conformist and compliant, he said. A society in which people can be monitored at all times is a society that breeds conformity, obedience, and submission, which is why every tyrant, from the most overt to the most subtle, craves that system. End quote. Ladies and gentlemen, we have that system right here in the good old U.S. of A. Sadly, this is not a new revelation. In 1975, Senator Frank Church warned that the U.S. surveillance apparatus could lead to, quote, total tyranny, unquote. Stop and think about that for a moment. That was 40 years ago, before everybody had cell phones, before we were all plugged into the Internet, before the bulk of our communication was via email. If the potential for total tyranny existed in 1975, where are we today? Yet 40 years after Senator Church's warning, Congress still hasn't done a thing to address the surveillance state. Unless you consider expanding it and making it more powerful and more intrusive as doing something. The president plays lip service to reforms, and the federal employees staffing the federal courts almost always side with federal arguments, especially when they are screaming national security. Washington, D.C. is never going to fix Washington, D.C. That's why I focused efforts to rein in the NSA and stop warrantless surveillance on the state level. To learn more about that and to get involved yourself, visit offnow.org. That's O-F-F-N-O-W dot org. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. Thanks again for listening.